Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure today to have Steve Benson on the podcast. Welcome, Steve. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Steve's a founder and CEO of Badger Maps. He's also a fellow podcaster. We're not going to talk about Badger's Maps or podcasting. Our main theme is going to be all around redesigning your sales plan during a recession. Steve, I always start where a lot of people end, which is to ask about a book. And I didn't warn you about this, but I'm wondering what is one of your favorite sales books of all time and maybe one or two of the things you got out of it? I guess, you know, the book that I find myself recommending the most is Impossible to Inevitable. I feel like the standard in SaaS, I think, of how to break up your sales team into different roles, you know, SDRs, BDRs, AEs, CSAs, and, and that's not something that's done in a lot of industries. I find myself kind of talking to a lot of like people who are the VP of sales of a med device company or something. And a lot of times this idea that is now standard in software, this is not actually standard in other industries. So I find myself kind of retelling Aaron Ross's book, Predictable Revenue, you know, kind of given the two minute overview a bunch of times to people that are in other industries, like, you know, selling machine parts in Ohio or something. Well, let's move into uh, the heart of our chat today again, which is all around redesigning your sales plan during a recession. We're not exactly in a recession. Hopefully we, we can avoid it, but just love to hear your thoughts on why that's so top of mind for you right now. Well, I think we will be in a recession or depression, you know, depending on how you, what the definitions are. I forget how economists exactly define that, but I think it's two quarters down is a recession and like growth being down and then three or four becomes a depression. I don't know exactly what it is. But anyway, should we find ourselves in a down economy, sales leaders need to behave very differently than they were in a lot of ways. So a few things come to mind. One thing, your competitors may change. Your competitors that currently you are competing against that sell similar products to you, they may behave in relatively desperate ways. And so even if you're not desperate, they can end up desperate and they could liquidate their inventory to make ends meet. They could go bankrupt and just have a fire sale. They could find themselves feeling that they need to give away free things or low margin things to capture market share. So they'll do things they wouldn't have done before to steal your customers away from you, even if it's at a lower margin. If your competitor has dropped their price dramatically, right, that they had avoided a, a price war historically, but at desperate times call for desperate measures. And you're a sales manager or a sales leader. How do you respond to that? Your AEs are coming to you and they're saying, well, this deal was almost across the line. It was committed. And all of a sudden, the competitor swoops in with a quote-unquote sweetheart deal that is in totally new ground for your company. What do you do? I guess it depends on your industry and what the competitor's product is. If you are differentiated and there's a lot of value that customers would get if should they go with you that they wouldn't get, so aka you're not a commoditized product, then I think that you should keep selling the value and, and try to defend the margins on your business. If you're selling a product that it's like, well, they could get this one or it's it's good year and good rich and you can really buy either tire. It's kind of going to give you 70,000 miles and it's about the same price you're in a harder situation if Goodyear is compressing their margins and coming to market at a cheaper price than you are. If you're the competitor, then you probably have to react and it's and it's harder. I think the way to do that is 
where the rubber meets the road with the sales reps. One of the reasons you have a sales team is because they can have these conversations and negotiate deals and still win, right? Even in the face of these challenges. I think an important thing is to incentivize your sales team appropriately, and that may be in a new way than they were incentivized before. And so if your margins are falling and tightening, if you want to defend those margins and your reps are currently comped on revenue, if your profit margins are usually 30% and now your reps are on average giving away a 15% discount, you actually need twice as many deals to get to the same place as you would have been if they were just charging full price, right? But if you make a change to the comp plan and start aligning the reps with profit instead of revenue, then that 15% discount doesn't cost them 15% of their commission, it costs them half of their commission, which is what it costs the company, so they're aligned now. And that will make them much more interested in your negotiation training and much more interested in really defending the margins more aggressively. You may have had an expression earlier, which is sell on the value. Uh, I'd love if you could share some concrete tips that you found work for selling value as opposed to selling features and, and whatnot. The key to selling value is to quantify the value. It's so easy to get wrapped around, oh, we have this feature, it does this, this is how you do it. If your reps are spending a lot of time in early sales calls saying things that basically translate into, this is how you do this in our product, then you're doing it wrong. You need to have them say, this is what you'll get out of having this product. Here is the value you'll get. And you need them to quantify that value. So the prospect needs to understand and walk away from the conversation being like, we'll get this much more value every month than we would have if we didn't make this investment with this product. Everything that you sell always boils down to the reason people are buying it is because they're getting value from it. They need to be able to quantify that value, especially in a world where purse strings are tightened, you know, a business line leader on my team or something, they're not even coming to me and asking me for money right now, right? Because they're like, yeah, I know we're Times are tight, right? It's a recession. And there are investments that you still need to make. And so the way to think about this actually is you can go to the person with the purse strings and say, hey, we're going to make $20,000 more a month, in my opinion, which is the expert opinion, than if we hadn't done this investment. And so you need to arm that prospect with that ability to go have that conversation with their CFO about why you should do this. Yeah, I was also reflecting just on tactics people have used on me or, or things I've seen uh, sales teams I've worked with use. One of them, and I, I think the salesperson who first did this to me, I think her name was JC Miller. First thing she said when I met her for the first meeting was she said, we're not the cheapest solution, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> I wrote it down and it's probably 10 years later that I still, I still remember that. And I, I love to share that. I think that's right. You can take that deeper and have the conversation that you know, like get a early agreement that, hey, if we're within 10, 20% of the next competitive offer, is that a deal breaker or not? And I'm pretty upfront that like, no, if you're within 20%, it's fine with me. I'm not going to be penny wise and pound foolish. Before you bring up price as the prospect and say, hey, I'm concerned that you guys are more money than your competitor, you're better off having said before that conversation even happens. So we're not the cheapest solution on the market, but we have a better product. And by better, I mean that you will get this value, XYZ value, out of using our product as opposed to the competitor. And that's the way to capture that extra 25% of margin. Another one that someone used on me was 
an interesting use of slides, right? So I'm not a big fan of being sold to with slides. I lose attention very, very rapidly. And I think I'm not the only one. I think selling with slides is out of vogue. But the whole slide deck was two slides. Page one was sort of how they did what they did. And then page two, which was the slide where the value was for me, was here are the six things we do. Here's the six ways we create value for you. Which one or ones of those are relevant to you right now? That was the whole slide deck. And then we just spent basically the whole time in discovery talking through which of those six value-driven use cases were relevant to me. And I think that was killer approach. Yeah, I really like that one because it focuses the whole conversation on the value. It makes that the topic. We've got all these conversation threads going. And we talked earlier about how competitors change during down economies. This concept of you know enabling people to sell internally, which I guess ties very closely to the way that procurement and finance changes during a down economy. So what should sales managers expect there? A lot of times we've been in software, especially, I think we've been selling to, you know, line managers. So you've been selling to the VP of marketing or the VP of sales. And the person that you thought of as your customer and decision maker was just empowered to make the purchase. The procurement department's power has expanded and you'll be find yourself running through that procurement department. Maybe they lowered the bar on, okay, it used to be anything we buy less than $250,000, we don't really have to run through procurement. But if it's larger than that, we have to run the deal through theirs or whatever the bar was. And procurement reports to the people who hold the purse strings and their job is to get everything to be a little cheaper. And one thing to remember when you're dealing with them is they rarely decide what the company is going to do. So the decision was made by the same decision maker. Their job is now, given that the decision was made, to lower the price. So training your reps on negotiation, I think, is really important. And just remembering, like, it's a zero-sum negotiation often with them. Like, it was not a zero-sum negotiation when you were talking with the person who owns that division. Like, you could have traded, you know, free training or consulting for more money or better margins. You could take risk off the table for them in a variety of ways. They could be a reference for you 10 times. They could do a case study with you. There's all these ways that both parties could create more value and expand the pie. Once you're talking with the procurement office, it's really like, well, what percent discount can I get? In your experience, when deals get to procurement, assuming that there's a degree of differentiation, is it usually down to single vendor, just you at that point? Or procurement really likes to have the leverage of at least two, if not three, alternatives that are viable. They will always say they have multiple options. And that's why it's so important to know your sponsor and to have picked their brain before, because you can tell if the decision's really made. Anything else big that we didn't talk about that you want to leave folks thinking about? Well, I think I would say that you might want to rethink your messaging. And that's messaging from the level of your marketing team to what your salespeople are, are saying, because different things will resonate with prospects in different times, right? If they're operating from a perspective of tighter times and, you know, desperation or, or a lot of things, a very different message may resonate. So I think a message that I see a lot in software is, hey, we're going to help you do better, basically. Like, this will improve your blah, blah, blah. You're going to do better with this product. And I think that that message resonates less in this economy or in a recession in general, then you can shift slightly and say the same thing, but a different way that will resonate a lot better by saying, we'll help you do more with less. So you need to show your prospects how much in terms of dollars you will help them do 
more with less. Could be less money, could be less manpower, could be less resources, but there's a decent chance that they're feeling constrained. And I can use me as an example, right? So when times were good, my sales team at Badger would say, we'll help you sell 20% more with your field sales team. So classic software messaging, we will help you do more. And we shifted that messaging, both in the marketing and the sales side, to with Badger Maps, your outside sales team can generate the same revenue as you were just with, even though your team is 20% smaller. So you'll be able to do as much with less, which is different than we'll help you do 20% more. You're kind of saying the same thing to some degree, but one of those messages resonates with someone's position right now, like someone who just went through a layoff and laid off 20% of their sales force and has been being told to sell the same amount is going to be like, oh, well, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to sell the same amount, but I'm doing it with less resources. So I think that's literally go to your homepage after this podcast and look at it and say, are we saying we're going to help you do better? Or are we saying we're going to help you do more with less? And that's something to think about both as an individual salesperson, your messaging, and also in general with the marketing team as a company. I see a lot of people their websites are still talking about how they're going to help me do better. And I'm like, I don't want to do better. I just want to, I want to do more with less. Yeah. So it's a deep degree of contextual awareness and, and empathy in that for sure. Steve, really pleasure talking to you. You've got a bunch of side hustles going too, which we didn't even talk about, but Steve's main hustle is the CEO of Badger Maps. So that's uh, all about helping outside sales reps automate what they do. He's also the, as I mentioned, the host of a podcast, the Outside Sales Talk podcast. So definitely check that out. You got the LinkedIn learning videos. Now, we didn't even talk about Sales Hall of Fame. Can you give me the 30 seconds on Sales Hall of Fame? Yeah, so that's an organization I started. I'm not actually in the Sales Hall of Fame. I'm not that important. But <laughs> what it basically does is we honor the salespeople and sales leaders and sales thought leaders from the past and present, I guess, in a quick, succinct way, give them a platform to teach their messages or get their messages out there. The goal of that organization is to create a resource for people that is a summary of what all these sales greats have taught or thought and, and give people like this ingestible way of understanding what they taught or thought. And it's cool because it like honors the sales leaders and some of them you know, are from the past and not with us and some are with us today, but we, my video team kind of makes these little nice succinct videos of their thoughts. And we tend to have like a 40 minute or hour long talk from them that we'll post. And then we kind of link out to their great resources. Like we'll ask them, what are the resources they would like to share with people that are checking their stuff out for the first time? So it's a cool little resource of like, you know, some sales greats. It's worth checking out. Uh, well, Steve, again, pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been fantastic. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.